after this week, we need to figure out what matters most. Find out what I think on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and after this week, uh, we need to sort of regroup and (laughs) figure out what matters most. I'll explain what that means in just a few minutes, but uh, it's been quite the week. As you probably can guess, I'm a little bit of a political junkie and uh, have been paying very close attention to uh, the election and the drama that has been connected to it. I heard one pastor tell me last week that it's a little bit like a reality TV show and you almost can't take your eyes off of it. Uh, it's because it's so, so many twists and turns and uh, drama filled, that's for sure. Tuesday night, I was up till about three in the morning, uh, seeing if anything was going to shift and change and then realized that it didn't seem like anything was going to change and finally got a couple hours of sleep only to turn the TV back on again and follow it closely. Uh, it's such an important time for our country. And I want to dig into that just a little bit uh, in more detail, but let me do a few little topics before we get into what really matters. So there is some vaccine news, uh, very interestingly, coming out one week after the election. Uh, Pfizer has made an announcement that they have a vaccine that has been proven safe and over 90% effective, uh, and that's really good news. Uh, There has definitely been an uptick in COVID. Uh, For those of us who work in the healthcare field, um, I will testify to you that we are getting weary. It has been a crazy couple weeks. Uh, there's been definitely a surge uh, in cases, especially in my home state of Minnesota. I think we're just actually a little bit behind what the country was seeing in Arizona and Texas and Florida a few months back. Uh, we are starting to get our peak here, uh, and it's been tiring. Uh, I've been picking up shifts for other staff members who have been out, and I've been working many hours. So if I look a little weary on YouTube, that is why. Um, but uh, we are working hard and uh, trying to keep people healthy. So just a reminder to you know social distance and and uh, take care of yourself, keep your body healthy. Um, I still think that masks are a very small price to pay, uh, even though the studies are a little bit mixed on on their effectiveness. Clearly, because we're still peaking, uh, I believe that it's a small price to pay to try to keep yourself and others healthy. So please uh, pay close attention, and uh, and especially for those who are high risk, which are the elderly, the obese, the diabetics. Uh, those are people that we need to watch closely. If you are otherwise young and healthy and contract COVID, you're probably going to do very well. And we actually don't recommend everybody running into the ER when they're testing positive for COVID, especially if you're young and healthy and you don't have significant respiratory distress. Um, not talking about a cough and cold and routine viral illnesses, but uh, really working hard to breathe or chest pain associated with breathing. Those would be reasons to get checked, especially if you're in one of the high-risk categories. Otherwise, stay home, avoid others, uh, take care of yourself, keep your immune system strong, and you will get past this. Uh, 
The other good news about the vaccine uh, that is becoming available is that uh, the Pfizer vaccine is ethically derived, meaning that they did not use fetal cells uh, or aborted fetus cells uh, for their um, production at all. Uh, so we can feel really good about that for those of us who uh, care about that issue uh, significantly. Uh, we can feel good about this vaccine uh, coming down the pike and hopefully soon, because I think that will really make a big difference. You know how I feel about vaccines, and I have promised over and over that I'm going to get back to the facts about the vax, uh, and I probably will end up doing that shortly before the end of the year uh, to make my one final pitch uh, for those who uh, will get the vaccine. It might be time, might be some time for the general population, but those of us in healthcare will probably get it soon uh, to keep us protected and safe so that we can keep helping other people as well as those people who are high risk individuals. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the election. I um, obviously was following this extremely closely, and uh, and I am one of those who support uh, checking every vote. I, I think this is too important. Uh, and you know, if we were in a courtroom and they were saying, what is your evidence for voter fraud? Um, I can't say that I have that right at this moment, but we can look at a pattern of behavior. <laughs> I think any good lawyer would do that uh, when trying to make a case against somebody uh, for fraud. There clearly has been voter suppression, especially in the realm of polls, which frustrates me to no end. These polls were so inaccurate once again. And if you were in Wisconsin and saw a poll that said that Biden was ahead by 15 points uh, and you had to wait in line uh, in the cold for four hours, you might decide not to. And it only took a few thousand people to make that decision based on those polls to keep them away. And that's called voter suppression. Uh, and I think that was very unethical and very purposeful. Um, obviously, big tech censorship. I have a podcast on that. Uh, that was obviously very purposeful. Um, obviously, the media, uh, Trump calls it fake news, uh, but I call it selective reporting. <laughs> uh, obviously, skewing uh, things towards a certain candidate uh, is very dangerous, and uh, and and the the change and the shift that's taken place in the media has been extremely concerning and unethical. There's a party that supports sanctuary cities, uh, illegal immigrants. The word is illegal, and so if there's a willingness to bend the rules or even break the law for a greater good, uh, there is a, a pattern of behavior that makes you wonder about what happened on election night. That's all I can say. Uh, there, there needs to be proof for voter fraud, and this pattern of behavior doesn't necessarily mean that there was voter fraud, uh, but it's a pattern of behavior that requires investigation, and so I'm okay with looking into it. I don't think there's a, a problem with trying to find the truth. It's going to be hard to prove. Uh, let me just explain this real quick. I don't want to take too long on this on this podcast, but... Uh, you know, most of us who went and voted in person, we go in, they ask us our name, they look us up on the registry, they uh, make us verify that that's us. We actually sign our signature, which they verify that it matches. They hand us a card, which we then bring over to somebody else who hands us a ballot. Then we go and vote with somebody watching. We physically take our ballot and we slide it into the machine and it's registered. When there is mail-in balloting, there is somebody who receives the, the mail-in ballot. Once the ballot is separated from the envelope, guess what? There's no way to further track where that ballot came from. So all of those steps 
in in-person balloting is not there for mail-in balloting, which is ripe for fraud. That's all we can say. Unfortunately, it makes it really hard to prove because once the ballot is separated from the envelope, it's hard to prove where it ever came from. So the system wasn't perfect. The system was ripe for uh, shenanigans, as Dr. as uh, President Trump uh, referred to it as. And I think it just needs to be investigated. The title of this podcast is What Really Matters. And I, I'm assuming you're anticipating that I'm going to say some kind of contrite concession, like what really matters is uh, XYZ after the election. Uh, so here it is. Here's my contrite concession. God is still on his throne. <laughs> We can feel good about that. He's not wavered. He's not surprised. He's not anxious. He's still on his throne. So at the end of the day, no matter who president is, God is still on the throne. But that is not what this podcast is about. And that's not what I mean by what really matters. What I want to discover and explore with you is what really matters to those people who voted. And, And there's part of that answer that I will reveal to you that breaks my heart that uh, makes me very concerned. I shared my podcast last week about uh, Pastor Piper uh, and his unwillingness to take a stance on behalf of life. Uh, What he is accountable for on this earth is the protection of the innocent life in regards to abortion. And he brings up really good points about how other things also matter and how other things are deadly to our culture. But we're not responsible for the actions of others. We're responsible for setting the culture, and we're certainly responsible for defending innocent life. So do other people agree with Pastor Piper or with me? Uh, Well, we have to go to some polling that took place. And I have uh, five different polls that uh, was very sad to me. Um, And these are top issues for voters in the 2020 election. So we go first to the climate nexus poll uh, out of Yale and George Mason University. And this is the way they ask the question. Uh, Select two issues that are most important to you. So please select two issues that are the most important to you. Well, when people were asked, Democrats, Independents, and Republicans, uh, abortion came at an astonishing 11th place. 11th place. It trailed climate change, gun policy, and education as most important. And they had two. You could select two. And so for abortion, 6% of Democrats, 6% of independents, 9% of Republicans. For all voters, it was a total of 7% selected abortion as one of their top two most important issues. So let's go to the Harvard-Harris poll. They asked, what would you say are the most important issues facing the country today? Please select three. Please select three. Well, I'm looking at this list, and abortion is not even in the top 20. There's one labeled women's rights. That could be, I guess, inferred that abortion was an issue. I don't even see it on the list. It didn't even register as a top three. Let's go to the Pew Research Center. Which issues are a very big problem facing the country? Which issues are a very big problem facing the country? Abortion doesn't register. 
economic inequality, climate change, affordability for college, these all register. Abortion doesn't register on that poll. Nationwide poll conducted by The Hill and Harris X asked, what is the most important issue facing the nation today? Uh, Women's rights comes in at 15th place, but I don't see abortion on this list at all. So the importance of issues to U.S. adults. Now, this should have registered a little bit better because this is the way they asked this question. The respondents rate 16 issues on how important they were as a factor to deciding who to vote for in the presidential election. The table below shows what percentage of people rated the issues as extremely important. So they could, they could go through each issue, and if the issue registered in their mind as extremely important, they could check that box. So this could be a little bit more favorable in the way that they asked the question in regards to abortion. Well, unfortunately, abortion came in an astonishingly eighth place. For all voters, 25% rated abortion as extremely important. One in four. 28% of Republicans, 25% of of independents, 23% of Democrats. And the Democrats could be saying that abortion is important because they are for it. So at the best... One in four, when asked the question, is abortion extremely important, said yes. Perhaps the most revealing, a spring poll from Gallup found that one in four Americans, particular voters who oppose abortion rights, see abortion as a sort of personal litmus test. Fully 30% of people who consider themselves pro-life say they would only vote for a candidate who shares that view. Only 30% feel so strongly about abortion that they would only vote for a candidate that shared that view. It, it floors me, and, and I feel like culturally, because this is what this podcast is about, culturally we can take issues, important issues, such as economy, taxes. I guess you could consider global warming as important. You can put all of these issues in a box or infanticide. You could put these next to each other and still select categories from column number one, education, income equality. These are all registering more important as killing our babies, as infanticide. If our culture does not strongly see this as the most important issue, then this, my friends, is on us because we set the culture. So this is highly concerning to me. And I believe that the electorate broke in those directions because these things began to matter so much less. So often I have talked about common versus normal in my podcast, and I am so concerned that abortion has become so common that we think that the killing of our own babies is normal. Even if something is common does not make it normal. 
And we should be very concerned, those of us who feel like this is the number one issue, the most concerning issue, the biggest issue facing our generation today, that we have actually become so numb and dull to the issue that we'd actually consider it normal. I would love to just paint a picture for you in this podcast that if we could go back in time in a time machine, kind of a back to the future, hop in the DeLorean, go back to the mid 1800s. And during that period of time, we could do the polls like we just did and we could list our most important issues. I guarantee that all of us here, 150 years later, would look back at that time and I guarantee that the enslavement of the African people wouldn't be 11th on the list. Let's get real here, people. We would see that as the number one issue. We would vote in that direction and we maybe would even grab arms and fight for the right of the Africans to be freed. But here we are, fast forward 150 years later, and we have the civil rights issue of our time, the killing of our own babies through the legalized abortion that has been present since 1973. In three years, it'll be 50 years of, of the, this practice that takes place right here under our nose. And it registers 11th, 15th, not at all. This has become a non-issue. This is on us. And we need to raise awareness so that in the minds and in the, the, the presence, the affect of people, that this is ever present. See, I, I get frustrated even with politicians. There have been six Republican presidents since 1973, all claiming to be pro-life, but nothing has changed. They'll talk about it for votes. Even you look at the, the evolution of some Democrats, such as Bill Clinton. He, he struggled early in his political career knowing what to, uh, what to propose as a Democrat in, in, in a deep South state. And so he came up with the term safe, legal, and rare. Do you, rec do you, do you recognize that saying? That was Bill Clinton, that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Why rare? It doesn't make any sense. If this is just a, a conglomeration of lifeless tissue, then it doesn't need to be rare. That doesn't make any sense. But they see it as unsavory. Nobody really wants to talk about this. It keeps getting swept under the carpet. And of course, safe, legal, and rare has now been abandoned by the Democratic platform completely. Even Joe Biden, our, our supposed president-elect, he has his own quote-unquote personal religious views towards abor abortion. But he has taken the democratic platform that says we should not oppose those views on others. So he has a personal conviction, but he is unwilling to stand for that personal conviction. He was actually a staunch opponent of federal funding for abortions, for any abortions. Guess what? That has slipped away. There's political pressure from his party. And of course, politicians are moved actually by the position of their electorate. I get frustrated even when Trump and Pence are saying we stand for the right of citizens born and unborn and we all cheer, but nothing changes. Nothing changes. We need to have those that actually stand up for the reversal 
of this procedure taking place every day in our country. This is what really matters. This is what it should have mattered in this election, but clearly did not. However, there is one thing that has shifted during this last presidency, and this is significant. Three Supreme Court justices in the past three and a half years. Three important Supreme Court justices. So my friends, the conditions are ripe for change. I believe Amy Coney Barrett, even though she publicly can only say so much, was a significant positional placement for the future and health of our country. But in order for this to happen, people need to be passionate. We need to stir up the passion. I'm concerned that things have gotten dulled and things have gotten distracted. I made that case last week, talking about even religious leaders. Where, where are the, the inner city pastors that will stand up for the right of human life? Where are the religious leaders? Where are the politicians who say one thing but don't seem to really do anything? We cannot and should not grow dull on this issue. And I refuse to. I see this podcast as a collection of ideas. You know that I've said this. This is my position. This is my opinion. And other people can have different positions and different opinions. And I will respect and I will honor that. But I would like to have a collection of ideas. I would like a response to these podcasts, especially about abortion. I said that my podcast that, that's entitled, When Does Life Begin?, is the most important podcast that I have released, and I will continue to say that as long as I'm doing this podcast. If you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. If you agree with it, then please learn the language that is spoken in it so that you can, you can, you can able to, you'll be able to articulate the most important thing in our society, which in my opinion is abortion. So do you think that this is, begin quote, extremely important, end quote? If you took these polls today, would you think that abortion is extremely important on your vote? Or would you put economic issues or climate issues or other issues in front of the killing of our own children? And if it is, then how do we make this issue the number one issue or concern? I have some ideas, and I will be excited to share some of these ideas going forward. And I'm going to use a template of one of my personal heroes, and his name is William Wilberforce. If you've never heard that name before, Google it. Get on Wikipedia and find out what he did for the culture of the world. He ended the slave trade in England, almost single-handedly with a group, a cohort of people that were alongside of him. But he was unrelenting. He never gave up. He used political influences. He fought and fought and continued to fight until the minds of the people first changed. And then, and then after, the minds of the politicians. It starts with, start, it starts with setting and shaping the culture, my friends. This is the important piece. If you have people who have become dull to this issue, please put them onto this podcast. Have them listen to it and have them comment on it. Have them take a stand on it. 
This is the most important civil rights issue that we are facing. It's significant and it's important. And in my opinion, it's what really matters. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. I appreciate you spreading the news. If you haven't, I'd love you to subscribe or like on Facebook, on on our Twitter, on, on our um, YouTube account, and of course wherever you get your podcast. Please spread the word. I would appreciate your financial support that makes these podcasts possible. And if you are connecting with the heart of the, and the ministry of this podcast, I would love you to please give generously towards it. I thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's go together to set and shape the culture.